Welcome to this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate, gathering the voices of medical affairs thought leaders and stakeholders to explore current trends, define best practices, and empower the medical affairs function. I'm your host, Garth Sundam, Communications Director at MAPS, and today we're speaking about the evolving role of social media in the practice of medical affairs with Tanme Saraikar, Director of Social Media Intelligence at IQVIA, with a mission to discover previously unseen insights, drive smarter decisions, and unleash new opportunities. So Tanme, can you tell uh, us a little bit about yourself and how you came to your current role? Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity, Garth. Yes, um, I have been leading this business at IQVIA for the past 10 years, and I was closely involved in establishing and managing and growing this business globally. Essentially, this was a new idea 10 years ago. The acceptance was low in terms of um, its scientific robustness or validity for the, for the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry. But I think we have done a fair work in terms of uh, bringing scientific credibility to insights on social media. And my team is involved in, you know, creating innovative digital and social analytics offerings, which help pharma and consumer health clients gather patient-centric and physician-centric insights from large unstructured social data, which inform their commercial and clinical decisions. So, you know, over the past 10 years, uh, IQV as a social media intelligence team has worked extensively with top pharma clients and delivered insights in many areas such as market research, competitive intelligence, uh, launch, medical affairs, real world evidence, uh, digital marketing, patient engagement and SAP communication. So it's a fascinating area. It's still somewhat new as compared to some of the traditional research areas for pharma and consumer health, but um, Nevertheless, this idea is catching up. Yeah, so certainly social media is a massive data source. Is, is that the primary function that you see social media for medical affairs is, is as a massive source of data? It is, yes, it is a source of dynamic insights and it is also a, a ever-changing source of insights. So things keep changing, right? If you have... Um, um, worked in this this area, you will notice that a lot has changed in the past couple of years, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic threw us in a digital world entirely. So we have seen certain, you know, shifts that are not necessarily going back. For instance, increasing number of physicians have been adopting um, telemedicine and virtual ways of interacting with patients. So those are some of the shifts that are quite visible. Uh, when we look at the digital data and and patients and physicians behavior on it. Oh, that's interesting. So telemedicine, I, I wouldn't necessarily have included that in the conceptualization of social media, but are we are are you looking at an expanded definition of of the source of insights, not just in social media, but in sort of the digital landscape in general? Yes, right. So, um, you know, see, due to the lockdowns and other restrictions because of COVID, many yeah. physicians have adopted virtual means of interacting, right? One of them is telemedicine, video conferences, and this is likely to stay. But beyond that, they have also taken to social media and online sources to connect with other physicians and consume information and education and collaborate on research. Now, this reflects 
on some of the new channel preferences they have right so mm-hmm. um, new networks such as tiktok have become very popular uh, so instagram uh-huh. and uh, there's a lot of physician uh, participation on these networks and they not only use these channels as means of communicating with other physicians but also their followers and disseminating information and spread awareness for instance we we, we could see a lot of nurses and um, physicians involved in vaccination Mm-hmm. of covid-19 spreading awareness about the benefits of vaccination and how it keeps safe and reduces hospitalizations and things like that so this is significant since um, again assuming these newly acquired habits will continue five years from now tiktok and instagram these platforms will host a large chunk of medical audiences especially mm-hmm. the younger doctors so that's quite relevant here that's interesting. So in the pandemic, it's not just that doctors were delivering care through telemedicine. They, they were also engaging more in informational exchange, peer-to-peer or uh, themselves to followers via social media. So here's a question. How then do you get insights from social media? See, that's, that's a complex process. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> Right. So, you know, from a medical affairs standpoint, one of the challenges is that although physician participation in social media is on the rise, yeah. it is still somewhat um, inconsistent or unstructured in a way, right? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, on one on the one hand, we have some highly influential physicians who have a significant following yeah. and they are active on social media, post regularly and participate in discussions. And on the other hand, there's a long tail of physicians who have, let's say, Twitter and LinkedIn accounts, mm-hmm. uh, which they largely use for consuming content and information, but only occasionally participate. Mm-hmm. But their opinions are valuable too, right? So, so there are multiple challenges here. For instance, you know, there's a good amount of work involved in identifying, ranking, and scoring these influential and semi-active physicians um, and still considering their perspective, right? And... We also need to track their public opinion online and social media activities um, over, over a period of time because we can't solicit a response. So that's that kind of the limitation in social listening. Right? So it's it's uh, it can't trigger participation. It can only be done through observation and data collection. Then yeah. there's a need to qualitatively analyze their posts and see them in the context of the business questions that we're trying to address. So, you know, making sense of this large, unstructured social media information, whether it is from physician or patient or their caregiver and and gathering actionable insights, that's a complex process. And that needs both technology and human intelligence. Boy, I can see that it would be really challenging to gather insights. It, it, it seems like there are many physicians or other stakeholders in the healthcare ecosystem that could be very vocal, um, but that doesn't necessarily make their insights any more important than those that you could gather from less vocal social media participants. Absolutely, yes. Oh, that's so tricky. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do you see clients? You know, when you have clients at IQVIA, how do they use these approaches? What, what are the practical applications? Yes. Um, so social media intelligence, social listening, which is what it's broadly called, it can provide insights uh, from both type of stakeholders and both are equally important. Um, and we have seen a lot of companies adopting new ways and transforming their business models to achieve uh, patient centricity. So, 
so we can learn about patients and we can learn about physicians so if you if you take physicians um social listening and reveal insights such as you know who are the most influential physicians and mm-hmm. which social platforms are they active on and what are they saying about specific brands and therapies and which conferences are they interested in attending or presenting and are they involved in any clinical research or clinical trials and again the information that exists there and what's their perspective on it for instance are they discussing any recently published clinical trial research or medical research so all these things so it's it helps companies gather a holistic perspective on the on the physician okay you know, what are they, what are they saying what are they interested in what are they pursuing as professional activities so that that helps engage them better in the long term okay so kol identification and um i guess sort of complex Right. profiling of, of KOLs to know who they are, what they're talking about, what they care about. Uh, yes. And then what can you understand from a patient-centric perspective yeah. from social media? Right. So patient conversations tend to be in much larger quantity as compared to physician conversations. So oh, sure. it gets more complex there. Uh-huh. But we can learn about how they manage their diseases, what concerns do they have on a, on a certain brand or a therapy, what are their unmet needs, um, what are the concerns they raise with the physicians and what happens during physician-patient interaction, some of the emotional issues, you know, access issues. And also if, if you take large enough data on specific therapy areas and brands from patient, we can glean patient reported outcomes and okay. critical insights and trends such as reasons for switching or why are they dropping off of a therapy? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it because there are side effects or is it because they can't access the therapy? And what's their humanistic burden? So, so there's a lot of detail available here that, need, that needs to be uh, structured and gleaned in a fashion that assists decision-making. So the traditional role of medical affairs has been listening to KOLs and healthcare providers, but right. you're saying that through social media, medical affairs can gather insights directly from, from patients? Absolutely. And then feed those insights to the physician to better prepare them in anticipating such questions from the patients. So I think it so it's indirectly about the patients, right? So medical affairs interacts with physicians, but the aim is to uh, drive healthcare outcomes in patients. So that's where I think social media can give a patient's perspective and better prepare physicians for a meaningful physician-patient interaction. Well, and I imagine that if you know the questions that patients have, if you can discover that through social media, Right. That then influence the activities of the medical information function within medical affairs? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So it helps them design or let's say launch yeah. patient uh, support initiatives. So it could be an awareness campaign or a, you know, or a um, financial assistance program or even a Twitter chat, you know, inviting yeah. a physician on a, on a weekend and let him uh, patients ask that physician questions directly in a live setting. That's that's quite engaging. They value it. Patients value this care or this this attitude of um, you know treatment being about them. And 
the social media is that gathering place it's easier to get them all together and engage them in a live session okay well and so it sounds like the obvious use of social media or one one important use of social media for medical affairs is to generate these questions or or to understand what people are asking online can social media also be used to answer medical affairs questions typically um that is done by a pharma companies or consumer health companies yeah. in a private setting because there is always that risk of adverse event and um, side effects reporting so for lately what we have seen is private facebook groups have been popular among the pharma community and as as you may have uh, noticed even facebook tends to be going in that direction so um, facebook has been he- investing heavily in building capabilities around private groups Mm-hmm. and that's kind of the setting everybody feels comfortable in the physicians the pharma companies and the patients okay so facebook private groups if if you were going to recommend i mean i know ikivia has the capability to draw insights across social media platforms yeah but if you were going to recommend to our medical affairs listeners uh one platform that you think they should really engage in um and and learn how to gather insights from and, and, and you know, interact with, where would you point people? Yeah, so it, could be a, it could be a multi-channel approach. It could be a single channel approach. So in terms of directly engaging with patients, private Facebook groups have been, uh, let's say, in the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> but um, in terms of public interaction, I would recommend Twitter, instagram and facebook live so uh, even so you know it depends on where the audience is and then we have to also understand uh, the demographics of patients on such networks um, in the context of what the initiative is being implemented so you know it's a subjective answer but i i would <laughs> suggest you know these these things uh, the most popular platforms would be you know facebook twitter and instagram Okay. I don't want to get into the weeds too much of how to engage on these platforms. It seems like we should keep the conversation to gathering insights from these platforms. But uh, at some point in the future, I'd love to chat with you about how medical affairs teams can use platforms, especially, you know, visual platforms like Instagram, which seems like it'd be hard for a, a team to leverage. Um, but for today, <laughs> let's leave it at that. So. Thank you very much, Tanmay, for joining us today. Uh, to learn more about how your organization can partner with IQVIA to explore the strategic opportunities of social media for medical affairs, visit IQVIA.com. That's I-Q-V-I-A.com. MAPS members, continue the conversation at the MAPS Connect platform, and don't forget to subscribe. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate.